Welcome to the Cities Church Podcast. We're a church that's on a mission to plant 100 churches in 100 cities that each reach 1,000 people in the next 10 years. Today, we have an incredible message for you and pray that through listening, you'll walk away empowered to fulfill the mission of Jesus in your life. Good morning, Cities Church. So good to be here with you. I'm going to pray and we'll get right into God's word this morning. Father, I thank you so much for your people. I thank you for every person watching this. I thank you for every person who will watch this at a later time, God. I pray that you will give them revelation and inspiration through this word that you have put in my mouth to go to their hearts, God. And I just pray that a special grace will be released upon them so that this word can move them to go from taking notes and hearing to actually doing what it says and being transformed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good morning. We're so glad to have you joining us today. It is such a privilege and an honor to have you. If you're watching for the very first time, I want to welcome you this morning. We're so glad to have you with us. And I pray that God is going to speak to you and move through in a special way. That worship this morning was so good that I considered joining the worship team. What do you guys think? I think I could really sing and actually get them moving. I think I auditioned one time and I never got a call back. So, but it's been a few years. I believe that things are probably different now, but I'm so excited to bring God's word to you this morning. I've been excited since last week, Sunday, because I just know that God was setting us up last week for what he's going to be speaking to our hearts over the next few weeks. So we're talking about being in position, how pain prepares you for your assignment, being in position, how pain prepares you for your assignment. And last week we decided that none of us like pain. Pain is difficult, pain is uncomfortable, and the pain that we're talking about is the pain that comes from the discomfort and the distress of not living life the way we used to, not having what we thought we were going to have by this year, 2020. Come on, people have been talking about 2020 for years, 2020 vision, 2020 is going to change things around, and maybe you're thinking, well, this is not what I had in mind. I know, I know it's painful, but especially when you're a believer in Jesus, I believe that even this pain is actually positioning us to start to live our lives on assignment. And what do I mean by living life on assignment? I simply mean living life in such a way that impacts eternity. And you're probably thinking about like, what does that actually mean? It seems like such a broad thing to say, but living your life to impact eternity simply means you're not just living for yourself and your desires. You're living to impact many more people. You're living to impact things that don't even just concern just yourself. And I believe that God, that's what God wants to do in us in this season. Come on. You know that life before COVID had us living for ourselves. Life before COVID had us living for the next hustle. We're so busy. Life before COVID did not cause us to think as differently, creatively, and innovatively as we're being forced to do right now because of this season. But here's what I believe. I believe that life after COVID is going to have us living on assignment. Life after COVID is going to have us living to impact many more people than we ever have. Life after COVID is going to have us successful more than we've ever been before and life after COVID is going to give us a great opportunity to rebuild a powerful and dynamic life. If you believe that, I want you to say amen at home this morning. And so last week we began talking about a man named Nehemiah because Nehemiah experienced something very similar to what we're experiencing in our world right now. 
He lived in Persia, but he was an Israelite and he had heard that the walls of Jerusalem were broken down. And you might think, well, what does that actually mean? It was not a good thing if a, a wall in a big city was broken down because it meant that people were vulnerable physically, emotionally, financially. Things were in bad shape. The conditions were bad in Jerusalem. And that brought distress to Nehemiah. And so he decided to go before God in prayer. He decided to find out, okay, God, what can I do? How can I be a part of your plan and your purpose in this season? And that's why we're looking at his story because it's very similar to what we're experiencing right now. And I want us to know how exactly we're able to rebuild our lives in this season. And I want you to know, we're not gonna rebuild life after COVID passively. We have to rebuild actively. And that's why we're going to talk about how the foundation for that is actually prayer. We read last week in Nehemiah's story that the first thing he did was pray. He prayed and prayed and he sought the face of God. And then after a while, he received his next step. See, prayer is our opportunity to actively partner and participate with God in rebuilding our lives. And what does it mean to rebuild? To rebuild simply means to replace, repair, or re-strengthen. And I believe that you're thinking, the way that I'm thinking, that life as we knew it definitely had some things that were broken and needed to be repaired. Life as we know it definitely had certain things that were broken and needed to be strengthened or repaired. Life before what we're experiencing right now definitely had different things that took us off and we just know that right now we want to be restrengthened, we want to repair, we want to replace it. And I believe that there are solutions to world problems, there are solutions to problems in your city, in your nation, in your province. And if you're not Canadian, this impacts you too. There are solutions that God wants to give to you. There are ways to rebuild and to strengthen and to repair that God wants to give to you. But you have to be aligned with his purposes to rebuild in that way. And I believe that you can do that. But it's going to require some active rebuilding on your part. And it starts with prayer, like we learned from Nehemiah's story last week. Come on, I wonder if there's anyone today who wants to be that person who is aligned with God's purposes to see things happen better and differently in your city or in your nation or in your family or in your business. God's looking for someone. Come on, if you want that to be you, I want you to say at home, I am that one. Yes, I am that one. I want God to use me to do it and God wants to. But I believe that uh, sometimes we just keep doing the same things over and over again. They say doing the same things over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. But I know I have some sane people watching this morning. I know I have some people who want to see things happen differently. And I want you to know that you can and you will. And the way that you rebuild that kind of life is by living on assignment. And last week I talked to you about, we ended by saying, living for our own dreams is not guaranteed. It's a good thing. It's a great thing to have big dreams and big plans, but it's not always guaranteed. But when we live for our God-given assignment, when we live on our assignment, it is actually guaranteed to succeed. And here's why. Living on your God-given assignment attracts the gracious hand of God upon your life. Living according to the God-given assignment attracts the gracious hand of God upon your life. And I don't know if you know this, but you definitely want the gracious hand of God upon your life. 
At City's Church, we're going through the Old Testament right now, and we've seen the gracious hand of God happen over and over again. It was the gracious hand of God that helped Moses lead the Israelites out of Egypt. It was that same gracious hand of God that parted the Red Sea for them. It was that same gracious hand of God that fed millions of people for 40 years in the wilderness. There's a verse that said that their, their shoes were not worn out and their clothes were not worn out for 40 years. That's when you know the gracious hand of God was upon their life. The gracious hand of God is what took regular, normal people like the apostles and did incredible things through them so that we have the gospel today. The gracious hand of God heals the sick and raises the dead, casts out demons like Jesus did when he was on earth. That's the gracious hand of God. And if you're thinking, wow, I want the gracious hand of God in my life, I know. That's why I keep challenging you to live on assignment. Because when you live on assignment, you automatically attract the gracious hand of God upon your life because it's something that he's given you and so he's ready to back it up. And the story we're going to hear today about Nehemiah in chapter 2, I love it so much. It's probably one of my favorite ones. I've read it over and over again because we truly see the gracious hand of God on Nehemiah's life. See, what happened in this story should have been absolutely impossible. There is no way that this should have happened. But I'm reminded of a verse in Luke chapter 1, verse 37. It's probably one of my favorite verses, but I just love it because it reminds me of the power of the God we serve. Luke 1, verse 37 says, For with God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. For with God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Come on, I believe that there's some of you at home right now, and you're going through certain situations, and I believe that it's time for you to start talking back to that situation with the word of God, saying, look, I know bank account, I know it's looking, it's not looking good right now, but nothing is impossible for God. Okay, marriage, I know it's looking like one on the brink of separation and divorce, but I believe that nothing is or ever will be impossible for God. Okay, children that are rebellious and going their own way when I've prayed for them years and years, nothing is or shall ever be impossible with God. Or if it's a failing business, you can take this one and you can speak to it. Nothing is or shall ever be impossible with God. I want you to believe that word and you get to see God's hand move when you're living your life on assignment. And that's what we see in Nehemiah's story today. And I'm so excited to share this with you because I believe it's going to open your eyes to see certain things that are going on in your life in a different way, in a different light. So would you go with me this morning to Nehemiah chapter 2 from verse 1 to 8. You're going to have to stick with me. It's a pretty long verse. Or pretty long, yeah, we're going to read a couple of verses, but it is worth it. There's just so much gold in all of these verses. You absolutely, absolutely want to hear it. And see, I know that you've been living life normally, but come on, COVID has taken normal away from us. And you don't need the power of God to, need, to live a normal life. But you need the power of God to live a successful and impactful life. And that's when Nehemiah's story shows us that we can step out of what's normal, of what we're used to. And we can step into our assignment and we get an opportunity to live impactful and successful lives. 
And throughout this year, if you're a member of City's Church, we've been talking about how to build a foundation of success. Because I believe that God wants you to succeed. God wants you to increase. God wants you to be impactful. And that's why you need the power of God this morning. I'm so excited to share Nehemiah's story with you. I know it's going to help you. So let's go to Nehemiah 2 from verse 1 to 8 together this morning. If you were here, I would would tell you to tell me when you're there. But I'm just going to assume that you're there because it's also going to be on the screen for you. It says, it was the month of Nisan in the 20th year of Xerxes the king. At the hour for serving wine, I brought it in and gave it to the king. I had never been hanged dog in his presence before. So he asked me, why the long face? You're not sick, are you? Or are you depressed? That made me all the more agitated. I got to give you a little bit of background here. In Nehemiah's day, a servant could not go into the presence of a king unhappy. Because if that servant was unhappy and the king saw it, it could make the king unhappy. And that was a no-no. So Nehemiah was taking a risk by going to the presence of the king looking sad because he could have literally been executed on that same day. That's why he said that made me all the more agitated. But again, when you're living on assignment, the hand of God is upon your life. I said, we're going to continue verse 3, long live the king. And why shouldn't I be depressed when the city, the city where all my family is buried, is in ruins and the city gates have been reduced to cinders. The king then asked me, what do you want? Praying under my breath to the God of heaven. Again, Nehemiah was always praying. He started with prayer. We can see that throughout the steps that he's taken, he always goes back to prayer. That is the foundation. Praying under my breath to the God of heaven, I said, if it please the king, and if the king thinks well of me, Send me to Judah, to the city where my family is buried, so that I can rebuild it. The king, with the queen sitting alongside him, said, How long will your work take, and when would you expect to return? So I gave him a time, and the king gave his approval to send me. Honestly, Nehemiah should probably have just stopped there, but he didn't. Let's keep reading this. It said, Then I said, If it please the king... Provide me with letters to the governors across the Euphrates that authorize my travel through to Judah. And also an order to Asaph, keeper of the king's forest, to supply me with timber for the beams of the temple fortress, the wall of the city, and the house where I'll be living. I love this verse. It says, the generous hand of my God was with me in this, and the king gave them to me. When I met the governors across the river, the Euphrates, I showed them the king's letters, and the king even sent along with me a cavalry escort. I love so many things about this story. You might have to go read it again because there was just so much in there, but I'm going to try and break that down for you. So in the first verse that we read, Nehemiah heard about Jerusalem, and he was depressed, and he was sad about it. But he took that into the presence of God and he prayed and then he got the next step. Then he got some direction of what he could do next. So then he goes into the presence of the king and he's a cupbearer. So he does not have, he's not like an army official. He's not super qualified for what he's about to ask for, but he knew what he had heard from God. And I love the fact that his assignment, he knew his assignment was going to cost him something. It wasn't just going to be easy. It wasn't just something he was going to easily step into. 
which is why you cannot give up on your assignment just because it looks a little bit hard. And maybe it's not a little bit hard. It could be really, really hard. We're going to continue to talk about Nehemiah's story over the next few weeks. And you're going to see that it wasn't that easy. And that verse said it made him agitated when the king asked him. So it means that he was actually afraid. I want to encourage you that there are things that I know that God has already spoken to you, but you're afraid. And you're waiting for the fear to pass first before you take the next step. But Nehemiah's story shows us that sometimes you've got to step into that assignment afraid. Just take the next step. Just do the next thing. Just start it off. Yes, I know it may be scary, but the gracious hand of God, like it was on Nehemiah, will be upon you because you're living your life on assignment. And I was reading Nehemiah's story, and I didn't even think about the story of my own life. And then I was like, oh my goodness, that actually works with what happened here. So at the end of April, maybe this is not, this is definitely not as big as Nehemiah almost being executed, but uh, it's 2020, so it was, it felt that way for me. But at the end of April, uh, I felt the Lord tell me that I had to do a five-day fast. So I was like, oh, five days. Like we usually do that at City's Church where we do our week of breakthrough. We do three days or five days. And so I was like, okay, I guess we haven't uh, done one in a while because of everything that's happening in our world. So I was like, five days. I'll skip breakfast and lunch, but I'll eat supper. Sounds good. So I'm doing the, the fast. And then on day four, I hear my heart again. Actually, I want you to extend it to 40 days. And I was like, uh, sorry, 40 days? For, like, usually when God tells me to, to go on a fast or I feel like he's leading me to go on a fast, I feel like I have time to prepare. Like usually I get to know a month in advance. So I feel like I can prepare. I can write out how I'm going to do it all. But this time there was no heads up. It was like, nope, just keep going. And I had all the excuses in the book. Oh, I'm definitely going to fail. My birthday is next week. It's like, yep, still got to do it. But it's made. The weather is getting nicer. There's more lunches that people want to do. He's like, COVID is happening. You're not going for lunch anywhere. I was like, yep, that's true too. And all these things, but my biggest thing was I was afraid that I would start because I wasn't prepared that I would fail. But I just took that step anyway. And it's interesting because a few days after that, Pastor Ben tells me, hey, I want you to preach for two weeks in a row. I was like, oh, absolutely. Sounds good. I've never done that before, but you told me about this a few months ago, so I'm good. And then he's like, actually... I want it to be four weeks in a row. And I cannot tell you how thankful I was that God had asked me to go on a fast. I'm like, okay, you were seeing things way ahead of me. And so when God gives you an assignment, you might not be able to see everything that he sees, but you just got to trust him. You just got to take the next step. Come on, do it afraid. I know, I know it's going to be hard, but take that next step afraid because God will not leave you. He will be with you and he will back you up every step of the way. The other thing that I really, really love about this story is the fact that Nehemiah asked him, the, the king says, so what do you want? So he says, uh, can you please give me letters? And then I thought he would stop there. But Nehemiah just kept going. He's like, well, I'm here already. Might as well keep going. And he asked for more and more and more things. And the king gave him every single thing he asked for. Tell me if that is not the generous hand of God upon Nehemiah's life. That's exactly what it was. And that happened because Nehemiah was living on his assignment. This is why I keep encouraging you to live your life on assignment. Because it is guaranteed to succeed when God is in it. I love that God gave him more than he asked for. 
He got a cavalry escort. Like, that was not part of the request. The king is like, you know what? We've already gone this far. Might as well just keep, it, keep giving you more and more and more. And I want to tell you this, that you can expect the generous and mighty hand of God to be with you when you're on assignment. I feel like what happened for Nehemiah is what Paul was talking about in Ephesians 3 verse 20. I want to share this verse with you. It makes me so excited. Ephesians 3 verse 20. It's on your screen. It says, Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose, that's God, and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. See, God did infinitely more than Nehemiah prayed for or asked for. And that's how God works. That's how he moves, church. He might be asking you to do something and you're afraid because you don't see all the different steps. But you can trust that the God that you serve is the kind of God who does super abundantly, far over and above anything that you can ask, think, or imagine. So I want to encourage you to get on assignment because God's waiting. See, you, you think you're waiting on God, but God's actually waiting on you. He's just waiting for you. To, he's asking, who will be willing? I'm just waiting for people who will choose to no longer live for just themselves and their dreams and their plans. I'm looking for some people who will get on assignment because I've got super abundantly, far over and above, more than they can ask or think or pray or imagine. But you have got to get on assignment. That's what releases the generous hand of God over your life is when you're living on assignment on your God-given assignment. He wants to give you super abundantly in your marriage. He wants to give you super abundantly in your finances. He wants to give you super abundantly in your business. But he just needs you to get aligned with his purpose. Because that verse tells us that he does super abundantly far over and above to carry out his purpose, not your purpose. And so that's why you need to get aligned with God. Because when you get aligned with him, you can trust that he will be with you every step of the way. And yes, he's going to do super abundantly, far over and above anything that you can ask, think, or imagine. Come on, if you want some of that, can you say amen this morning? See, I believe that God is doing new things in this season. That before COVID, we were not forced and that's, that's the right word because none of us planned this. But we're not forced to have to do things differently or have to do things new. But God is saying that he wants to do something new in this season. Will you trust him? Will you step into the assignment that he has for you? He is doing something new. He wants to do something new in your life. Isaiah 42 says this. Isaiah 42 verse 9 says, Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I declare them to you. I believe that God is like, yeah, the former things have already come to pass. I'm already on the place where I'm doing something new. And I just need some people to step in line and go along with me as I'm doing the new thing. God wants to give new ideas. God wants to give you new strategies, new innovations, new ways of doing things. What Nehemiah did would never have been heard of from a cupbearer who wasn't even Persian. He was pretty much from a different place. He, was, he would have been considered a slave. 
And yet he went before the king and God gave him unusual favor. God did something new through Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was able to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. He was able to build the spiritual condition in Jerusalem. He was able to build the financial condition that he was able to do so much. And I believe that God wants to equip you and he wants to equip me and he wants to equip us as the body of Christ to not be the last when new things are happening, but to take the first step, to be ahead of the curve, knowing that we serve a God who can do the impossible, knowing that we serve a God who does super abundantly far over and above. This is why you need to spend time with him. This is why you need to spend time in prayer, receiving what he's giving you because he's got so much that he wants to give you. And I believe that as we continue just talking about Nehemiah's story, we're going to learn and we're going to see that God wants to do new things and God is already doing new things. And now we just need to get in line as he does it. I would love to pray for you this morning. I just believe that God is just speaking something specific and you need his grace to be able to receive what he's saying this morning. But God just is so rich and so generous and he wants to pour that out on you. But you do not require his power in that way over your life if you're just living for you. But when you start to decide, okay, no, I want to impact more than just my life and my family. I want to do a little bit more, God. What are you doing, God? I want to open myself to the new things that you're doing and I want to get in line. Then you're going to see his super abundantly, far over and above hand, over you, leading you, guiding you, directing you every single step of the way. And so at home, we just bow your heads with me. I would love to pray with you. I would love to pray that God's grace will be so released over your life that if it takes you a little bit to hear this message and take it all in and then go into his presence and ask, okay, God, how does this fit into my life? That he can do that for you this morning. And so, Father, I thank you for your sons and your daughters who are listening to your word right now and are trying to figure out how does this fit with my life? How does this fit with my story? God, I pray that you would just open up the floodgates of heaven and you would just pour out your grace for them to be able to receive that you're doing new things, that you're declaring new things and you want to do it with them, that you love to partner with your people here on earth. And so, God, I pray that you will just bless them and you will open their eyes to see what you're doing so they can step into it and rebuild their lives the way that you've always designed for them to. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you're watching this this morning and maybe you've never had a relationship with Jesus, maybe you're hearing something like this for the first time and you don't really know how to start. It starts with a relationship with Jesus. He wants to show you how much he loves you. He wants to lead every single step of your life. And with a simple prayer this morning, you can ask Jesus to come into your life, to change you, to transform you, to heal you. And he will do that. He loves to do that. He loves to save. He loves to restore. He loves to transform. And I would love to pray with you this morning. And maybe for you, you've had a relationship with Jesus before, but maybe things in your life have just happened in such a way that you haven't been able to continue that relationship consistently and you would like to restart your relationship with Jesus this morning. I would also love to pray with you. And so at home right now, I want you to say this prayer with everything you have. It's a simple prayer, but if you repeat after me, we're going to pray this together. Say, Jesus, thank you 
for your amazing grace. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you for loving me. I've made mistakes. I've hurt people. I've hurt myself. And I am sorry. Today, I ask you to come into my life. Change me, mold me, transform me, and restore me. From today, I declare that I belong to Jesus. From today, I declare that I am following Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're so excited for you. If you prayed that prayer this morning, it changes everything in your life. I want to encourage you to please let us know if you prayed this prayer. We would love to be able to help you along your faith journey. Thanks for listening today. If you like this message and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or visit cities.church slash podcast. Don't forget, you can join us live for our Sunday morning church experience at cities.church slash live.